and I want to welcome you to today's episode of Overcomer Living a Full Life After. This is the 10th episode of Overcomer and I am really excited because it is also my first interview of a woman who is sharing her story of overcoming. Her name is Regina Golbinas, and she is a 40-year-old single mother of two children. And, you know, she has led a life of purpose in order to be a service to other people. She has spent the last 17 years helping others to reorganize and build their companies and their lives and has worked with over 100 small businesses during this time. 11 years ago, she made the decision to leave an abusive marriage and she had to deal with a very long and devastating divorce. When she left, she left basically with two garbage bags or a couple of garbage bags filled with her clothes and the clothes of her kids. She's going to be going into more detail about that experience. Felt tremendous strength in listening to her story because she has managed to rebuild um, what was pretty devastating. You know, one of the things that she told me was that when she left, she was in debt. Listen to this. She was in debt in over two, uh, in approximately $2 million. And her ex-husband has never paid a dime in child support. So she, you know, left something that was pretty devastating. And just like the mythical Phoenix, I think that she has reinvented and has risen above um, what was something that was so traumatic for both her and her daughters. So take a listen to the interview. As always, if you have any questions or suggestions or comments, you know, I'm going to be leaving information at the end of this interview for you to reach out to me. And if there are any questions or comments for Regina, I am sure that and I'm also going to leave some um, contact information for Regina at the end of this as well. So let's go on to the interview. chance to listen to any of my podcasts I've done so far. Mm -hmm. Essentially, the idea of this is that I'm in therapy, you know, no surprise. And my therapist at one of my sessions basically said to me, Crystal, when I look at you, you know, I've I've endured like childhood trauma. There's other things that Mm -hmm. I've experienced. And she's like, when I look at you, she goes, I really see you as somebody who has overcome you know, you were an overcomer. And it, you know, at the time I had no expectations or no thought of doing a podcast, but as I was a couple of the Facebook groups I belonged to, as I was kind of sharing my story, my story was really resonating with people. And then I've listened, I've been listening to podcasts and I was like, I need, I need to do something, you know, kind of long story short. My hope is, is that I'm able to reach out to women like you, perhaps some men as well in the future who have this incredible story to tell that they can share with, especially 
especially people who are kind of at the beginning of this journey for myself, I really did not know if I was going to be able to survive it, you know, because of the trauma um, that he put me through. My question to you is, uh, my first question is, I want you to kind of tell um, people who are listening to this podcast a little bit bit about your story. Sure, happy to. I'm not sure how far back you'd like for me to go, but um, I'll start at the beginning of my relationship with him. Okay. Of my ex-husband. Just the overview, we were together for about 13 years. I was 17 when I met my ex-husband. You know, I was a typical 17-year-old that knows everything, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, the older you get, the more you realize how much you don't know. But the younger you are, you think you've got it all figured out. So I was 17 when I met him. He was 26. He was much older, which the age thing didn't bother me. Right. But I thought I was in love. You know, when you're 17, love um, has a very different uh, form and shape than it does when you're 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, because you evolve, you understand things differently. And you understand that at 17, when love is a feeling, the older you get, the more you understand that love is actually, it's an action. Right. Love is a verb. Right. You do love. You don't show love by, by speaking it. You do love. It's the way you care for somebody. It's the way the little things you pay attention, you the way you take care of them. Love is a verb. I thought I knew it all. I thought I knew what love looks like whatever I had towards this man felt like love, obviously. I moved out of the house. You know, I didn't have the closest relationship with my... So I moved out when I was 17. Now I want to make a disclosure. I didn't move out because it was a horrible, unbearable environment. We did not have anything of the sort going inside the house. I was just a very strong-willed young woman. And at 17, I I was ready to live. (laughs) I can relate. to live my life and uh, you know I met him I moved out and I saw at the very beginning that he has um, aggressive tendencies he mm. had the personality but you know at 17 even at 20 even at 30 sometimes you would feel as women that we can change him you right. know we've all gone through that oh, you know now that I'm 40 uh, I know I'm not going to change anybody uh, I'm not looking to babysit a man until he grows up to be a man so I walk away if it doesn't suit me but at that age I did so uh, I stepped into my relationship with this man. I got pregnant. I was 19 or just turned 18, had my first daughter when I was 19. And, you know, we spent 13 years together. To say that the whole marriage was terrible, I can't. But abuse was present from the beginning. Wow. Okay. I did not realize it because I wasn't familiar. I did not grow up in an abuse, abusive environment. Mm-hmm. My grandfather and my father were the male examples in my life have never acted that that way towards my my mom or my grandma so i did not know what it looks like so was it physical at first or was it more of the emotional mental type of thing it was emotional mental it started more of a controlling situation okay, okay. you know what yeah. what are you doing what are you, where are you going things like that and again when you're young you're like you think oh he cares enough about me or he loves me we have this twisted idea and we think it's love. The truth is, no, it's not love. It's abuse. It's, right. uh, it's not healthy. And then eventually it turned into physical abuse. You know, one time turned into two into three. And the reason it turned into two into three is because I didn't leave. I mean, that really is the problem. I did not leave. But let me ask you this. Do you think that you would have been able to leave even if you had thought, I need to leave the situation? No, because I was still at a mindset that he loves me. We can make this work. It's going to be okay. He apologized. He really, really means it this time. So, and I think, you know, as I got older and I've talked to more and more women who've gone through this, 
I'm noticing that the pattern is pretty much the same for all of us because he comes back, he says he loves us, he says it's gonna be okay, he makes everything okay, you know, comes right. back with flowers, whatever the case is. But I think if I uh, survey 10,000 women, the pattern will be the same for everybody. Well, you know what, what's, what's interesting to me is that I met my now ex-husband when I was 19, got married to him when I was 20. He's also six years older than me. At the time, again, you know, I looked at this person who I thought was this really strong, put together man. And what I realized at the end basically was that he, I outgrew him. I didn't realize it at the time, mm -hmm. but he, I think he recognized it because I was no longer the 20 year old that he had met. And he actually said to me, you don't look at me in the same adoring way that you used to look at me. And mm -hmm. that is very telling. Absolutely. It's not, it's not about me at that point. It's about his own ego. Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And by the way, I went through the same thing. You know, I started, I don't have formal education really. I've barely managed that at high school. I've barely managed through a two year college, not because I'm not smart enough, but I've always been kind of business focused and very um, business oriented. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I wanted to get out there into life and live life. So when I was 24, I kind of stepped into this amazing opportunity to reorganize failing companies. And by now, in the last 17 years, I've reorganized, helped reorganize well over 100 companies at this point. Wow. But the moral of the story is that the more I did that, the more confident I became, the more successful I became. Right. I was making six digits with no formal education by the time I was 24, 25 years old. Yeah. He wasn't doing that. The, the more successful I became, the worse he felt. Now, an intelligent and a confident man would step up to the plate and say, hey, honey, I'm right alongside you. I'm going to elevate myself. I'm going to use you as an example. What he did and what a lot of abusive men do that are insecure, can't really step up themselves they drag you down. And they so, use you as the excuse as to why they yeah. are not successful because that's exactly what my ex-husband did is that it was sent, you know, we were, we were together 32 years. Oh, wow. So we were together 32 years. And again, you know, I tell people I would not have stayed with him that long had the patterns of behavior that became so horrible at the end of the marriage had existed throughout the marriage. But I, again, I think when I became a place in my own career where I was making more money than him, I, I, I do negotiations for um, teachers basically. And so it's a very, it's a very powerful type of position you, and you have to come with it at a position of strength. And unfortunately in my line of work, we get told, guess what? People get divorced, especially the women, because the men in their lives all of a sudden can't handle the power. My point is that he basically said, you know, he brought up things from 10, 15 years ago and said, I was not allowed to do X. And I was like, wouldn't you ever have a conversation with me about doing X? Because I would have completely supported you. So mm -hmm. it became, again, it became my fault because he wasn't able to achieve supposedly the things that he wanted to achieve, you know? So it's mm -hmm. really interesting how that pattern emerges, I think, over and over again. And again, yes. And, and just going back to what I said a few minutes ago, the pattern is there. It's universal. The patterns of insecurity or abuse or all of these things, they're really universal. You know, there may be a million tiny reasons along the way, but the big things that make or break the relationship are consistently kind of the same across the board. If you look at it, my husband was the same thing. You know, the more strong the stronger I became if there was abuse and I would tell him I'm going to leave. Now, really quickly going back for a sec, 
although um, the environment of the house was not bad when I grew up, I did not connect well to my parents. So mm -hmm. I wanted out of the house. I, you know, it doesn't mean they were bad. I, I, we just didn't connect and that's okay too. That happens and you know, not every family is perfect and that was my imperfect, which is fine. I'm not upset or anything about that. So when I would tell him that I would leave, he would bring up, well, where are you gonna go? Well, who's gonna want you? You're not smart enough. So he would attack my, not necessarily my insecurities, but he would attack those points of weakness in my heart, would attack those things that could really take me down in, in a split of a second because Absolutely. they mattered that much to me. And then I would believe it. Well, you know, I'm still 22, 23, 24, very young still. Yes. And well, I am maybe not smart enough. I am maybe this, maybe he's right. And you play that, that, that silly tape in your head that's actually playing in his head, but he lets you borrow it. Humans become yours. And then what happened is the stronger I became, the more successful I became, the more money I made because the making of more and more and more money was telling me, hey, people want me to put their lives back together. There must be something to my abilities and to my level of intelligence that people are willing to pay this much money for them to help me, for me to help them put their life back together. So the things he was telling me to feed on my insecurities and self-esteem no longer equated to what was actually happening. The formula didn't make sense. You know, it was right. like, well, if I'm not smart enough, if I'm not strong enough, if I'm not this or that enough, I've got 12, 13, 15 companies I'm running nationwide. There, right. is, a, there is a missing link. And right. then I started to look for the missing link and the missing link became, he fed me his lies. Well, it's his projection. Yes, it was, it was, yes, it was emotional reflection of where he's feeling. And instead of stepping up and saying, look, honey, I'm in a bad place or I can't figure out my life, help me. You do this right. for everybody all day long. I, right. You have your wife who <laughs> puts people together, puts them at a highest level of, of, of service and, and money-making ability. You've got me in front of you. Greatest asset you have. So instead of using that asset, he was telling the, putting, taking the asset apart. Right. right. Well, and he was, he was really trying, you know, I what I was going to say is that he was really trying to minimize you. And I, and I, but I also think that this goes back to kind of this, unfortunately, the society that we live in is that I think men are raised that they are supposed to be the providers and they are supposed to be the strong ones at any display of weakness than as a weakness in their own character. Mm -hmm. And I think that my hope is I have two boys, um, two young men. My youngest is 23 and my middle one is um, 27. And then I have a daughter who's 30. But my hope is, is that my two young men that I've raised, both of them have said, one of the things that we really appreciate appreciate about you, mom, is that you've always been a really strong woman. Absolutely. You know, and so I, they value that. My hope is that when the relationships that they have, that they will see that as an asset to them and not a deficit. Absolutely. Yes. And it's great that you've set this example for well, I think you've managed to set an example of strength and wisdom and persistence. You've managed to set so many examples for your men. And it's important, it's not just important for us as mothers to set example for a daughter. It's important to set these examples for men because you're teaching them to respect somebody with your strength and abilities. It's, it's a wonderful tool because for a man that is that really understands a woman like myself and you with the inner strength that we have and the inner wisdom hopefully and the winner in the inner drive for success inside and outside of the house that's an unbeatable team 
Exactly. You know, with the right man, and I used to tell my, my husband, we're unstoppable if you step up. Nothing can get to us, but I cannot drag and schlep the whole relationship by myself. And, you know, as I grew older and wiser, instead of taking two, if I took two steps forward, and he took two steps forward, even if he was behind me, it's one thing. At least we're always the same distance apart. But if I'm taking two steps back and you're taking one, eventually the gap becomes uh, too big. Exactly. There's yes. nothing to talk about. You can't support me in what I'm doing because you don't understand it. And, you know, as a woman, and as a woman, you know that we thrive on the love of our partner. Absolutely. I don't care how successful we are, how much money we make. I don't care about any of that. When our partner looks at us with a sense of belief and love and appreciation, we can move mountains. Yes. That is our fuel. You know, that is the fuel, that is the fuel for the woman. Well, again, it's, it's kind of like the comp a company. Mm -hmm. if everybody, the CEO, the VP, all of the, you know, everybody on the board, if you're all working in the same direction in order yeah. to make the company stronger, but guess what? Mm -hmm. The company becomes stronger. It's Absolutely. the same thing in a marriage. If you're, if you are having those conversations, I think early on, and you're really figuring out, okay, what are my weaknesses? What are his weaknesses? Um, what are our strengths? You know, what are the things that I can do in order to minimize whatever weaknesses he has and vice versa? You know, it isn't all about that partnership. But again, I think it goes back to, unfortunately, men not always knowing you know, how to convey that. And so again, then they become um, fearful that mm -hmm. we are going to see them as weak. And really what we see is a vulnerability and that is a place of strength. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> because I, you're, you're completely right. Uh, men do not understand that we process it differently. When they tell us I can't do something, I, I need help to them. I'm expressing my weakness, but to us as a woman, we're like, honey, I'm all about it. Let's get it done. Let's, right. you know, <laughs> let's put it all out on the table. Let's put the pieces together. This is a team effort. So you're right. But also I do want to say going back to the uh, abuse and tearing each other down really quickly is that as women are listening to this is that when that happens, it's so important to instantly be able to ask yourself, is this true for me? Or is this true for the person that's telling me these things? When they're telling me I'm stupid, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, am I? Is, is this them talking themselves out? Is this them trying to hold me down because I have evolved past their capacity instead of immediately saying they're right, I'm stupid, nobody wants me, I'm not smart enough. No, they're not right, they're broken. So that's it for today's portion of the interview with Regina. I want to thank Regina for taking the time out of her schedule for doing this interview for the podcast. I also want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen. I'm always extremely grateful for the opportunity to share my story. And as you can see, starting to share the stories of other people who have gone through something like we have gone through. So Regina has been gracious enough also to leave her email address. So if you want to reach out to Regina, you can reach her at Regina at elevateforth.com. That's 
R-E-G-I-N-A at E-L-E-V-A-T-E-F-O-R-T-H dot com. I have, I have created a Facebook group for the podcast and that Facebook group is called Overcomer with Crystal. So make sure you join us at the Facebook group if that is something that you're interested in doing. You can also search me out on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is I am Crystal Hall. And then if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at my email address, which is mscrystal period hall at gmail.com. My first name is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-A-L. And then make sure you read more of what I have to say if you are so inclined um, at my website at it's never too late to try.com. I know that you have other things that you could be doing with your time. I am thankful to each and every one of you who have reached out to me, um, who have told me that you are finding something useful in what I have to say. So I do thank you for that. And I do want to remind you that you can overcome and you can live a full life after.